Are tickets the next big thing? After watching today's episode, you might think so. We're joined by one of the biggest ticket collectors in the business, the great Darren Rovell. My name is Jeff Wilson. By day, I invest in tech companies. And at night, I invest in sports cars. Join me and my team as we help you profit from the hobby we all love. Hello, sports card investors, and welcome to a special conversation today with sports media personality and big-time ticket collector, Darren Rovell. I love having Darren on the program because he always has interesting stories and collectibles to share, and today is certainly not going to disappoint. And this episode today is brought to you by eBay. eBay is here for the card collectors with a trick for every trade, like advanced tools for price checking with price guide beta within the eBay app, and up to 50% faster listing with image scan. Learn how collecting just got smarter at ebay.com forward slash trading hub. I've had Darren Rovell on the program a couple of times, and every time he comes on, he gets me more and more into ticket collecting. I believe that tickets are an underappreciated part of the collecting hobby and also potentially a really smart investment for the future. And today, Darren's going to come on the program and tell us why those things are and share with us some of the greatest parts of his collection. This was a conversation that we had during the recent virtual holiday here on our Sports Card Investor channel, but I wanted to reshare it with you today because you might not have seen it, or even if you did, you might want to watch it again because it was a good one. So ladies and gentlemen, please re-welcome Darren Rovell to the program. I am extremely excited to bring on this next guest because he always brings the most interesting things to show me and to show you. Darren Rovell, the esteemed sports business reporter, also a huge collector. Darren, welcome to the virtual holiday. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, and I appreciate you representing our Atlanta Braves there. That, that's a great-looking hat you have on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I know you, I know you like supporting the champions, so that's, that's uh, good. You Not really. I'm a, I'm a Mets fan, but uh, you know, hopefully 2022 looks much better now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've heard that before from the Mets, but who knows? Who knows what will happen? We'll see. <laughs> I'm out of here. But I am... I'm extremely excited to see what you've brought us today, Darren, to show the audience. Every time I have you on one of these shows or an IG Live or anything like that, you always have the most fascinating things. I know you're big into tickets, and you've kind of made me a ticket convert. I've really grown some affection for ticket collecting because of hearing the unique stories you, you share and the unique items you share. So why don't you show us a few things? Yeah, I mean, I think to start off, the reason I like tickets is it's just unpredictable. There's many ways to love tickets, and it's at all price points. Um, you know, so you can get something that was special to you that, you know, if it's out there on eBay, you know, you could find it. Maybe it was your first game. Maybe it's $5, and there wasn't any particular highlight to it. Or maybe it's something that someone doesn't know what the highlight is right and 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 you find it and you can get it for cheap the the search for a ticket 
is a lot different a lot different from the search for for a card i mean the search for a card is the literal search like okay let me type it in let's see the price and that's it um i would say the leap that people have with the ticket is because the population is so low in many cases it requires a leap of faith sometimes because you're just not going to be able to find the comp and you're just going to have to say is this worth it to me and do i think the market is coming around so i've kind of gone after a list of like the best tickets i could find and then i've stumbled upon some that i've seen you know i thought were incredible uh this is one that i i absolutely love um this is the first day at disneyland um july 15 1955 this ticket looks like it's fake uh that and, and by the way on the back it has like the parade route for the abc telecast um this is actually from the wow. collection of um walt disney's chief cartoonist at the time and he had an estate sale and I bought this and uh, it's the highest graded. Um, so it's, it's, it's incredible. That is, so cool. that is so cool. Yeah. And Disney for me, by the way, has been one of the, when I went to the national and I had a table for the first time, uh, the most shocking thing to me, I had two Disney items. And the most shocking thing to me, Jeff, was that people were just captivated with the Disney items. So I took that information and said, I have to invest deeper in Disney. And Disney is pretty much 2X'd any signed stuff from Disney over the last year. And I think that was like kind of the manifestation. So I've gone after the best in class autographs from Disney. So here is, this is a beautiful one from a, a, a guy who, when he was 12 years old, got this in 1958 by writing Walt Disney. Uh, and I actually bought it from him. Um, just an incredible piece. And then another one. You you just can't get enough Disney. Um, so so that I kind of stumbled into that. A um, couple more like tickets that are weird or have caught. So I have, I love movie tickets. So tickets that there was something filmed or something like, you know, something in relation to uh, a movie with a ticket. This is This is the famous one. This is Ferris Bueller's actual day off. Um, and the way you back into it is Claudel Washington hit a pop-up on the highlight. Lee Smith is pitching and Claudel Washington only hit a pop-up in the 11th inning of a 4-3 game on June 5th, 1985. I can't believe someone actually had this ticket. This is the only one that exists with this, the, the color Cubs logo. I sold one and I regret it forever. Um, and then I think, you know, the being able to put autographs on tickets are also great. Cards, obviously, there's always been this talk of whether you should have an autograph on a card, well, it, whether it decreases the value, whether it increases the value. Most people think don't. Uh, but on tickets, if you can get, you know, it's it's almost like the perfect surface. So this is this is the game that made Reggie Jackson Mr. October. And it says Reggie Jackson, game six, three home runs. 1977 World Series MVP, Mr. October. Um, so you can, you can do that. And then I just, again, I have a million for you, but but I just love some of the things that I found. Like I could not believe there was actually a ticket to the night that Marilyn Monroe sang Happy Birthday to JFK. I mean, that's ridiculous, but it was at Madison Square Garden. It was, it was ticketed. When I found a stub uh, from a guy in Germany, uh, I got it. 
and then somehow someone else had uh, another uh, ticket. It was a full ticket. And again, I'm like, God, I hope this isn't fake. I don't think anyone would even know how to fake this. Uh, but it's just so breathtakingly beautiful um, that, you know, wow. from 1962 that, I, I, you know, I think that when you show people cards, the cards that are the, the universal wows, you know, when I show people tickets, most people get it right away and they say, oh, my God, this is incredible. Um, and I'm not I'm not really I'm not really worried about, you know, whether. 20 year olds are only into digital or tickets are going away. Maybe that even helps it. Um, you know, I, I, I think that there, the population of a lot of these are small enough that it's already getting, uh, you know, big for what exists. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're hearing more and more people talk about tickets every day and the pop counts on these things are unbelievably low, by the way, you talking about tickets, I think, has brought a lot of people into it. And, and you've, you've gotten me to start paying attention to it, as you've gotten a lot of other people starting to pay attention to it. But and I mean, by the way, I mean, I mean, I'm even surprised. Competition when bidding for these, I imagine. Well, that, that's, 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 that is true. Um, you know, and, and I got into it maybe three or four months before I started talking about it. I've sold almost nothing. Um, you know, so it's not every everyone always starts to go to the negative, like, oh, you're pumping tickets. Actually, I really love them and I don't really have a lot of plans to sell them. Um, but yes, it it has caused uh <laughs> there's one thing, by the way, that I did not expect. I did not expect the day people to think that the debut equaled the rookie card. Uh, I think that's probably because card people. Uh, came into it. And, you know, I thought, hey, you know, Tiger Woods at the Milwaukee Open in, in 96. Yeah. Th I mean, that was big enough. But like Tom Brady throwing three passes on November 23rd, 2000, the first time he walked on the field, one for seven yards. Like to me, like that's not why I got into tickets. And it's fine because the debut has kind of built up this whole, uh, you know, tremendous buzz on tickets. And people are collecting the debut, but for me, I'm in it because, you know, something something major happened at that game. Um, so like, I'm in I, I'm into you know Jackie stole home on game one of the 1955 World Series. Like, can you imagine today in the first game of a World Series in enemy territory for anyone to think that they could steal home uh, a a Brady ticket that I that I have is, you know, this is the, is this the, uh, this is the tuck game. Like, so mm -hmm. that's a game I remember. I, I, I don't have, I don't have any desire. I, I rarely have, have gotten into the debut debuts, except if it's a unbelievable ticket, just like a card. If you love the aesthetics of it, I have two of the, I have two of the eight Allen Iverson, uh, uh, big tickets from, um, uh, November 1st, 1996, his debut. That was also the debut of the core state center, their new, their new, um, uh, facility. So they made this unreal ticket and I care about that. And Alan all did, but like the Kobe Bryant ticket where he scored zero points, like I'd rather have the final game where he scored 60, but this is just like cards. I yeah. mean, there's, there's a debate as to what you want. Yeah. And you had set out when you got into tickets, you had set out by creating a list. I, I recall you saying of like a hundred key pivotal moments in sports history that you wanted to get the tickets of. 
how are you doing on that list? I have about 85. Uh, wow. I have about, I have about 85. Um, I, the big one I got, which is coming back from PSA, which is nearly impossible, was the Doug Flutie Hail Mary, um, Boston College against Miami in 84. Uh, I, I told some guy at a show that I was looking for, he's like, one day I'll find it. Uh, and he did. And he found it for me. I gave him like a finder's fee. It was laminated. I chose not to unlaminate it just because I didn't want to mess with it. But what's amazing about that ticket, and again, it brings you back. I love the ad, the ad on the back is Eastern Airlines, right? You have a nice, beautiful, defunct, <laughs> you know, that's Eastern Airlines or TWA is, you know, totally 1984. And on the front, because they originally had the game on Saturday and they changed it to Friday. Some person in Miami's sports information department or whatever crossed out the date in the X's with a typewriter and put in Friday. And I guess they did it on all those tickets because they didn't want to go back and print them or they didn't have time. Um, so that's that that was one that was big. And then the the one where I went to Twitter for was the Randy Johnson hits the bird ticket. Uh, you know, you have, and again, these are the complexities that are so exciting, Jeff, right? It's 3000 people at a spring training game. So you already are down and then who's keeping a spring training ticket. And then there's this one guy and, you know, at the end of the day, this is where I'm talking about like, well, what's the price? Both the Flutie ticket and that ticket. It's like, well, I have to have it. I have zero leverage and I have no comparables. Um, the only people who own or have slabbed the Flutie ticket are people who, owned it to begin with like there was a zero sales can you imagine that in cards so yeah, no so no. i know i don't have any leverage and i just i throw out a number and hope i get it and if i don't i have to find i just have to reach down and figure out if i really really want it. i think i paid a grand for the randy johnson bird ticket darren i love these stories with that that go with the tickets it's such just a, a compelling thing to collect for that reason and I imagine a lot of people right now watching this are like, wow, that's that's wild. Like the Randy Johnson hits a bird ticket. Who would have thought that one even exists still? But it's it's really, really cool. Um, and thank you for sharing all of that. But I want to talk about cards too, because you've been a collector of not just tickets, but other forms of collecting and 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 cards included. The sports card hobby has been wild over the last couple of years. We saw an incredible run-up in prices that really peaked in about February of this year, when many cards were hitting all-time highs, we then saw a lot of prices fall backwards. We've now seen the market start to stabilize, some cards starting to inch back up, other cards still going down a little bit. From your perspective, where do you think card collecting and card investing is going to go in the next year, two years, and beyond? Well, I think the the one thing is, you know, modern basketball is kind of the focus in terms of where that goes. It had gone so up and now kind of moving down. And the question that everyone's asking is when you look at the population that has come from PSA and the backlog then coming in, you know, at what point does something become really concerning? And I think, you know, you look at you know the Luca cards or the or the certainly the Zion cards, then you have the fact that you have Ja Morant and Zion and guy besides Luca, those are the two biggest names. And, you know, those guys being out, um, you know, so I think, I think the populations are going to be key in the future. And, you know, if, if there's 18,000 or something, 20,000 or something, that's going to be harder and harder to trade. Um, and so, 
I'm just interested to see what happens with with modern basketball. I also think obviously the the story coming in over the next couple of years is going to be fanatics. How, if they're doing direct to consumer, do breakers get what they want? Um, do hobby stores get what they want? Um, this is the biggest change in the hobby at a point where we're at this at this peak. So um, I think you know those are the two stories: just general populations of modern basketball. How does it play out? And then I think fanatics is the other huge story. And how does that play out? That's going to be. I mean, people who had access to being breakers might not have a business anymore. We knew the distribution model was changing already with the Walmarts and the Targets. Um, I think that's a less sexy story, but it's essential, an essential part of the flow of the business. Yeah, th these are great points. And obviously lots of questions that remain to be answered there as to how all that's going to play out. Um, we've seen all this interest in sports cards over the last few years. Now we're talking tickets. NFTs have been really big this year. You're starting to see other forms of collectibles like video games, for example. Sealed video games have made a lot of noise this year. Looking at collecting overall, is this an alternative asset movement that you think is going to continue to expand and grow? Do you expect to see more niche forms of collecting pop up or do you expect to see a lot of this go digital? Where do you think this is all going when you look into the long-term future? So I think digital, the digital stuff is too connected to crypto and I'm, I'm just not comfortable with that space and how kind of momentum drives it. And I don't think it's too rational and I, I haven't been a part of that. It's not just because I'm a old collectible guy, but that's not me. Um, but I would say that I think what people are going to realize, just like, you know, Under Armour became a mass when people said, oh, it's just a niche moisture wicking shirt. Um, I think that the niches have a chance to be a mass and the, and people can find comfort in things that are not as liquid as cards, but are liquid enough. Um, I made a relatively big bet into sealed VHSs. I made a bet into sealed video games because I just thought there would be enough people that it just hits the nostalgia meter that they were willing to, you know, for this to be on the rise. And by the way, I loved it. You know, don't ever buy something that you don't love. Um, so, so I think if people are strategic with what the mass is like, and you really learn these markets, right? Like the video game market for me was, well, the first, the first, movers in that market where, oh, they liked all the, oh, this is a Rev A, and this is a first version, but it has white bullets and all this. And I just said, well, NBA Jam is the crazy, is the best game of all time. You guys haven't recognized that. You're just worried right now about the additions. Why don't I just buy the best NBA Jam in the world? Um, and so everyone can have their own place, but I think don't just do it or don't just follow. Have your theory. For me on VHSs, you know, uh, anything 85, 86, 87, that's what I focused on. So I focused on Rockies, Karate Kid, Ferris Bueller, Top Gun, the ones that hit me. Uh, and I think that hit all my friends and I collected all of them and I like looking at them. I like staring at them, um, you know, and so far I haven't sold them. <laughs> hey, collect what you love. And that's one of the things I love about sports cards. And you're right. It's true about all these other forms of collecting. 
I agree with you on NBA Jam, by the way. I actually have one of those mini NBA Jam arcade machines oh, yeah, in my house. Yeah. I've gotten my sons into it. We have a ton of fun playing NBA Jam tournaments. Uh, but I would have to put RBI Baseball and Tecmo Bowl as like a close 1A, 1B, 1C right there with NBA Jam. Yeah, tech, I did buy a Tecmo Bowl. Uh, I, I bought a Tecmo Bowl sealed. I actually did sell that. Um, and, uh, you know, th you always talk about, like, at what point do you sell? And, like, it's, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to, to figure out when you sell. I think the crypto world and the hodlers and the holders have, has really messed this up. Because, you know, in a normal time before all this came, you know, you were, you to 5X on something in six to 10 months. Are you crazy if you held it? Like, even if you love it, get a lesser, buy a lesser version and look at it and stare at it. Um, but, but I think where we are in this world has kind of screwed things up. Uh, and um, I would just, I, 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 there are some times where I just say, I, I did have a video game that I 30X'd and sold. I'm sorry. I, I, I love it, but I have to take money off the table. And so, you know, that, that's the hardest part, how to nail that. But I say, if it's, I tell people that if it's staring you in the eye and you have a chance to get a multiple that in 2019, before crypto got into your world or 2020 was a good multiple, just remember that perspective. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. It's hard because if you are collecting and, and investing in what you love, it's hard to part with it, even if even if you've seen the financial returns. And actually, that's one of the challenges with, mi with mixing investing and collecting is, you know, if you're making an emotional decision about something you're buying or something you're thinking about selling, it kind of muddies the water a little bit. But, you know, you, you get that with cards and these other forms of collectibles that have personal meaning to you you know you you the finances may tell you it's the right time to sell something but your heart may not want to part with it and you yeah it's it, it's it's for 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 me on the tickets it's like well then i don't get to t if i don't have it i don't get to tell that story again right it's like the conduit for my storytelling um and so you know i when i have something you know, like uh, I, I have the first the t a ticket to the first uh, uh, Ferris wheel ever in 1893 at the at the World's Fair in Chicago. And, you know, to, to say, no, the, actually, George Ferris built the ticket, built the ride that this ticket was for. <laughs> like, I mean, like, that's crazy, you know, and if I gave that and then someone and I didn't have a price on it at the National and someone says, you know, I'll give you five grand for it which is multiples of what I, and I'm like, it was in Chicago. Obviously the national was in Chicago. Someone had a tie to Chicago and he knew the story and he, I'll give you five grand for it. And I was like, I haven't told the story enough. I haven't shown it to enough people. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to have one heck of a collection to maybe pass <laughs> on to your kids someday. We'll see. <laughs> And if anyone ever, if anyone ever has Aaron, any, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. If anyone ever has any questions on, on, on tickets, you know, let me know, get through to me, DM me on Instagram. Uh, I do, I do think that there is a, a nice run here. There's enough tickets out there that are certainly satisfying people. I mean, I used to, when I started, there were 25 new tickets that showed up on eBay every day. 
and now there's close to 2,000 new tickets every day. So people are people are looking, they're getting smarter on how they're listing. Uh, I li sometimes on ones that are good and like have a buy it now that's too low. If if I don't get to it right away, it's bought. So again, Jeff, that's the that's the uh, as part of educating people at a influencer level. That's 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 the part that where I lose. But but I yeah. but I actually love that the world's talking about it, and I think it makes sense. And uh, I encourage anyone who's who's interested in the chase or interested in you know just again getting something where if they went to there, you'd be surprised how many tickets are out there. I got I got the ticket from the day the Mets ticket from the day of my bar mitzvah. I mean, like how random is that? But it it was it was on eBay. It was ten bucks, and you know then. You know, and and the way that I I think uh, PSA is is lenient on if if the history is right, they're lenient on how to slab it. Sometimes I've gotten into some arguments, like uh, Game Five of the '94 NBA Finals, when I want to write OJ car chase on it. They're like, well, OJ car chase didn't happen at the game. I'm like, yeah, but it was on the TV broadcast. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot of back and forth going on. That's all that's all fun. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Amazing things that you get from the world of tickets. I appreciate you sharing it with our audience, Darren. That's very generous. And uh, happy holidays to you. Thank you for joining the virtual. All right. Take care, Jeff. Happy holidays, everyone. Special thanks to Darren for coming on. I thought that was a wonderful conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Have you gotten into ticket collecting at all? Let me know in the comments below. And if you haven't hit that subscribe button and that bell icon yet, do so right now so that we can continue to bring you new content such as this. Thanks for watching and we'll see you soon with our next episode. Take care.